the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we continue in a new series called Family Matters. We are all impacted by our family that brought us into the world in good, sometimes not so good ways. We didn't choose our family, and yet it seems we're stuck with them. Pastor Sean's going to share some great advice on how we process our family experience impacts how we interact in our most important relationships. Reallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. It's a place to give at reallife.org. Today is part two of the message called Rethinking Family. Pastor Sean is in Mark 3 and Ephesians 4. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. Jesus, while he's fully God, was also fully man. He was a person. He got tired. He got lonely. He had a mission to share and spread the kingdom of God, to raise up disciples, and he knew ultimately that mission would lead to the cross where he would give his life. And Jesus had times where he needed just someone to be with him, to encourage him. He would have loved his family to understand, to support him, and encourage him. But the fact is, they didn't. They didn't. I think a lot of us maybe understand and feel that. Like I said, again, if your family experience was just incredible and you guys all love the Lord and you connect with each other and support and encourage each other, there's no perfect family. We understand that. But give thanks for that. Give thanks for that dynamic. But for a lot of us, it felt differently. And I just want to say, Jesus knows and he understands. And the real question for us now is, okay, what did Jesus do about it? How did he handle it? Did he stand up at a family meal and tell them all off? Because I want the text of that talk. No. Here's how he handled it. A little bit later in Mark chapter 3, after they tried to grab him because he was out of his mind, the crowd was sitting around him and they said to him, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother, my sister, and my mother. Whoever does the will of God, he is my brother, my sister, and my mother. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for your example. I thank you that the scripture says you have experienced and suffered and walked through things just like we have. And you did it without sin. And I thank you that we have your example of how you handled these issues with your family of origin. I pray that you would speak to us and help us to hear. And I pray that you would encourage us to follow in your footsteps. In Jesus' name, amen. Who is my family? 
Whoever does the will of God. And I want to suggest to you, Jesus isn't just stating a very important principle. He's giving you a key as to how he handled this and how you can handle your family of origin. And and remember, the whole point is to come to a place of health so that every relationship, including the relationships with our family of origin, are better because of what we let God do in our hearts. So here's the key. Here's what Jesus did for himself and what I think he would say to us. One of God's greatest gifts to every one of us is our second family. One of God's greatest gifts to every one of us is our second family. Write that down if you're taking notes. That's a very important concept, and it's what Jesus himself did and understood as he walked through this family process. See, Jesus knew he had another family. Didn't mean that his family wasn't his family. It just meant they weren't all. And just because they couldn't encourage him, just because they didn't believe yet, just because they didn't understand, there were those who did. And he said, you want to know who my mother, brother, sisters are? The believers, those who do the will of Father and who walk in the community together. He understood that he had another family. And what I want to say to you this morning, if you have those struggles with family of origin, maybe in adult relationships, brothers, sisters, parents, adult children, cousins, aunts, uncles, whatever. You have those struggles, but yet you're still connected with those people. We're we're getting ready to enter into the holiday season where we will probably get together with some folks who we feel like don't get us, who we carry around some hurts, some doubts, some questions in our relationships. As we prepare for that, I want you to understand something. You have another family, just like Jesus did. See, I want to say to you, if you, when it comes to your family of origin, if your experience was not good, God's not done, you have a second family. And you need to dial down into that. If your needs, relational needs, emotional needs were unmet, I want to say to you this morning, God's not done, you have a second family. If your entire paradigm of family, that word even, for you is shaped by hurts and offenses of the past, It's time to get a new paradigm because you have a second family. You have a second family. And that's how Jesus dealt with this. And I want to challenge us. That's how we should do this. Now, there's some things that we need to do that will lead to us walking in, actually experiencing the reality of this second family that God gave. Let's start with this. One, let God be your father. That's where it starts. Let God be your father. Jesus understood. Remember, even when he was 12 years old, Got law. Remember, the family had all gone to celebrate Passover, and then they, they went back, and he stayed, and so they lost him. And on the way back, his mom and Joseph come, and they're panicked looking for him. They find him in the temple. And, and the, the language of the Scripture is really cool and really clear. Remember, Mary says, Son, why'd you do this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you. Remember what Jesus says? Didn't you know I would be here about my father's business? No disrespect to Joseph but a loving, gentle reminder, remember, I have another father. And I have to be about his business. And some of us need to be reminded this morning, we have another father. We have another father. Now, we understand, we we hear, oh, God our father. God's our father. Um, and sometimes we just throw that general term, well, isn't he all our father? Aren't we all God's children? No, we're not. According to Scripture, we are not all God's children. We're all his creation. He loves every single person on the planet, but they're not all his children. Because Scripture tells us 
John chapter 1, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who called on his name. The children are those who understand their need, their sin, and cry out to him and receive the gift, the free gift that Jesus has offered. His death on the cross, salvation. Those are the children. And I think we understand and we receive him as Savior and Lord. We understand the plan of salvation. We understand the forgiveness of the cross, and we're so grateful. He's my Savior, my forgiver. He's my Lord. He's my leader. We understand that. But what about Father? We throw that word around a lot, but do we really understand what that means? See, Jesus modeled for us this idea of Father. Look at Mark chapter 14, verse 36. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember what he said? And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. Abba, Father. That's a very distinctive phrase. It's a common phrase for a child to dad or to daddy. It's not formal. The idea of addressing the Almighty God as Abba would be shocking to first century Jewish thought. Even when Jesus in the Lord's Prayer said, say, our Father, the implication was this idea of Abba, Father, our Father. Not just the Father, my Father. Our Father art in heaven, hallowed be your name. He invites them to come, and the way he does say, Daddy, I need you. Paul states it pretty plain in Romans chapter 8, verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, I call out to you. Look at that word, whom we cry, Abba, Father. Galatians 4, 6, and 7. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. You notice both those times we're instructed to call Him Abba, Father, it's this idea of crying out to Him. Like the call of a child to Daddy. I need you. See, we understand Savior and Lord. The Father is different, and One of our problems is many people don't have a healthy view of father. A lot of people walking around with hurts and wounds because of fathers who were imperfect. Maybe you had a good dad, but he's imperfect. And that's such a significant role that maybe there are some, even in the midst of a good dad, we can can inadvertently hurt our children because we're just not perfect. Or maybe your dad was just so busy thinking that his primary job was to provide for you that just wasn't around all that much. Or maybe you had a dad that had all kinds of issues of his own and he took it out on his family. Maybe he had a dad who wasn't around at all. Don't even hardly know the man. See, everybody falls in a different place. And there are some people when I say, oh, you have a father, like, oh, time out, I already had one of those. I kind of walked away from that. I don't need another one of those. And I want to say to you, you need to get a new definition of Father. You need to get a new definition of father because you have a father who loves you more than any earthly father ever could. He's crazy about you. I mean, he loves to see you laugh. He's telling you stupid dad jokes all day and you don't even know it because he thinks you're awesome and he wants to hang with you. See, I want you to understand the power of this idea of a father. What does a father do? A father loves. He loves He's, he's committed, and, and, and when I say love, I mean an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. He loves you. 
Doesn't mean he loves everything you do. It doesn't mean there's not things that he thinks you need to grow in, just like us with any of our kids, but he loves you. He's crazy about you. Told you before, he bores the angels to tears showing them pictures of you. Did I show you? Oh, no, we saw God. That's good. They're cute. They're adorable. Very much so. Is it already time? We've got to get to choir practice. <laughs> but no, 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 this is a new one. They're a little older now. That's how he feels about you. They love. A father protects. A father protects. Stands up for. A father provides. Makes sure his family, his kids have everything they need. And that's what God wants to do with you. And you can, you can see the difference. You can see the difference in a child who has a strong relationship with father and a father who's present and loving. There's just a confidence they walk around with. There's a confidence and because they know, you know, my dad's got my back and, and nobody can beat my dad. My dad can take anyone. You look over to the dad, he's like, you know, 160 pounds. And doesn't matter to the kid. My dad can take anyone because, man, he's the biggest guy in our house. And he's got my back. And he's always in my corner. See, that's the kind of father you have. And we want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church, in this message called Rethinking Family, in the series Family Matters, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry to continue to bless others. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And another way to bless the ministry is pick up the latest book, from Pastor Sean. 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast Podcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now the conclusion to the message, Rethinking Family. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. This is significant, and this truly is a game changer when you begin to walk this out in reality. When you really say, oh, this isn't just a clever way of of kind of Sean talking about it so we feel better. That you actually have a heavenly father who says, I know your earthly father, your earthly mother was not perfect. I get it. There's no perfect people. And sometimes it was more than them just not being perfect. Maybe they were hurtful. I don't know. But he says, I love you. And I want to be your father. And I want to protect you. I want to provide for you. I want to, anything you thought they should have done, I'm going to do it in your life to perfection. That's what a father does. When we embrace that and we walk in that, it's a game changer. We begin to carry ourselves differently as we let God fill that role and we actually interact with him, we begin to trust him. I want to say, if you're here, I want to very briefly just say, maybe you're here 
and you've never considered a relationship with God. You've never considered him as father. Or maybe you thought, yeah, God's out there, but I'm, he, I, he's not ready for me. And I, 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 he, he didn't, you, know, you don't know what I've done. I don't, I don't think I, I can come to God. I, I want to say to you, he loves you and he wants you to come to him today. And if you're here, maybe you've never had that kind of relationship with him. I want to say you can. You can start today. And I'd love to pray for you. The gospel is very simple. Sin, this thing in all of us that rebels against God and against our created order. That sin in us that hurts ourselves, that hurts others, it hurts every relationship. You know, sin always kills and it always separates. That's what sin does. It's like cancer. Kills and it separates. But Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. The wages of sin is death, the scripture says. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus. That's what the scripture says. And he did that by coming, living a sinless life and offering his life to pay our death penalty on the cross so God could be fully just. Justice could be satisfied. Our penalty, our debt, that thing we feel guilty, that thing we feel ashamed about, that's been taken care of. That's been taken care of by Jesus for every one of us who will put our trust in him. He could be fully just, but also fully merciful. You're forgiven. You're set free. You follow Jesus. You accept this gift. You are free. And what the beauty is, at that moment, his Holy Spirit can fill us and we can be set free in him. That's the message of the gospel. So I want to pray real quickly. If you've never accepted Christ, I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. And I would invite you to pray this prayer. Nothing magic in the words, but if this is in your heart, I want you to bow your heads with me and just... Pray it to the Lord and receive him as Savior today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word and thank you that you made it possible for me to have life eternal. You made it possible for me to have the destiny that I was created for in Father. Lord, I'm a sinner. My sin has separated me from you. It's hurt others. It's hurt me. And I thank you that you have offered me forgiveness, Jesus. I admit I'm a sinner and I need a Savior and I receive your free gift, your death on the cross on my behalf. Thank you, Lord. I invite your Holy Spirit to come into my life and lead me now every day. Thank you for forgiving the sins of my past and for leading me into a different kind of future. I trust you in that, Jesus. I'm so grateful. I am so grateful for my salvation in you. I thank you that the Scripture says if I'm in Christ, I'm a new creation. Today is the beginning of eternity for me. And I love you, and I thank you for my salvation, and I receive it joyfully. Fill me with your spirit and lead me. I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, mm, let me tell you, you're a new creation, and this is where the good stuff starts. Okay? I would ask you to do one thing. If you prayed that prayer maybe for the first time or maybe you rededicated your life to the Lord, would you fill out the little connection card that we have in the bulletin? Just fill that little card out and just check the box that says, I'm committing my life to Christ. Because we've got some stuff we want to give you. You can take it to the Welcome Center or you can drop it in one of our offering boxes on the way out and we'll get you some materials to help you say, okay, what's next? Now, what do I do? How do I begin to live this life of following Jesus? It's a game changer. One of God's greatest gifts to every one of us is our second family, and that begins by letting God be our Father. Second, enjoy fellowship with your spiritual brothers and sisters. Enjoy fellowship with your spiritual brothers and sisters. See, we are family, and we are, all of us who are in Christ are spiritual brothers and sisters. If you find yourself in a place where there's just some barriers between you and your family of origin, just know 
God gave you a family to enjoy, to do life with, to meet those relational needs that we all have. He didn't leave us alone. He gave us his spirit, his fellowship with us, but he also gave us a family. And it's a family that, while we're completely diverse, we're imperfect, there's certain things we all have in common that cause us to walk together. Look what Ephesians 4, 1 through 6 says. Paul says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, look, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Look what he says. This is this, is this family. This is our spiritual DNA. He says there's one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. That's this family. And I'm telling you, the power is, no matter where you go in the world, if you meet a a follower of Jesus Christ, what's kind of cool is you have the same Father. You have the same Father. You share the same spiritual DNA. And while there can be total diversity, there could be people going different directions, different backgrounds, all this stuff. There are certain things that we are all unified on. And that makes the fellowship beautiful. We have shared vision and values. We see the world through a lens that says there is a creator. He's in us. And because he's in you, you are my brother and my sister. We're walking the same direction. See, the family of spiritual brothers and sisters are ones that are supposed to love and care for each other, have fun together in the Spirit. That's why we're so committed to community groups here. We so believe in that. And we so experience God's gift and His blessing. And I want to encourage you, if you're not in a community, get in one. That's a key step. Jesus was pointing at real people when He said, these followers and His disciples were among them, who He spent three years living with. He said, these are my family. I want to encourage you. Don't live in isolation. That'll lead to bitterness. Don't live in such a way that you keep everybody distant. That leads to loneliness. No, enjoy the fellowship with your spiritual brothers and sisters. Let God meet your needs in this second family. See, one of God's greatest gifts to every one of us is our second family. And last thing, and this is so important. This is where this all leads, and I want you to see this. I want you to grab this. Learn to see your natural or your first family differently. See, this is what happens. Learn to see your natural or your first family differently. Because God is your Father, He's meeting those needs. He's walking with you. His Spirit is in you. Because you have brothers and sisters and relationship, people caring for you, committed to you, you can now set your family of origin free from the debt of obligation that we sometimes walk around carrying. See, that's one of the biggest problems. We go, my needs weren't met. You didn't treat me a certain way. You, and there's this debt that we have. When we understand how fully our needs are met in Father and how fully our needs are met in Christian community in the body, we can release, release them of the debt and just let them be our family. Imperfect, maybe even estranged. We can release them. See, what's fascinating is Jesus didn't ask his family to be what they weren't ready to be. You, there is no account of him standing up and telling them, you know, I can't stand you guys. You don't believe in me. You don't follow me. You don't ever do anything. You never see Jesus doing that. You're like, Jesus wouldn't whine like that. Well, some of us do. 
He didn't ask him to do that. There's no instance of him doing that. And yet what's interesting is his approach, whatever he did, it worked. In Acts chapter 1, when the disciples are in the upper room, look what we read, Acts 1.14. Look at this little gem sitting here. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. This actual word can be translated brothers and sisters, his family. They were in the upper room. Remember, the only ones in the upper room were the followers. Christ, they were there on the day of Pentecost. They were filled with the Spirit. We know his brother James became like the lead apostle at the church of Jerusalem. We know that, that some of his brothers likely went on missions journeys like Paul. Because in 1 Corinthians 9, Paul's talking about his, why can't he, why doesn't he, doesn't he have the right to take a wife? He says, Peter does, the Lord's brothers do. And they're talking, the context is, take a wife along on a journey, missions journey. Implying that some of Jesus' other brothers were involved in the ministry. See, what Jesus did was he let them be them and he loved them. And I want to ask us today as we wrap up, can you let God be your father? Enjoy your second family with the father and the brothers and sisters. And then just love your family of origin. Forgive them, release them, let them be who they are, and let God work. Let him use your love, even when it may not be deserved. Let him use your love to turn their hearts. So that one day, maybe like Jesus, we can say, look, one by one, different ones of my family members are now, they're in my second family too. And we have that unity in the Spirit. One of God's greatest gifts to every one of us is our second family. Jesus sought, and we need to as well. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series Family Matters, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd appreciate your feedback. You can leave us a note on our Contact Us page. Or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find that Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life.